Father, we thank you. It's another beautiful, wonderful morning here in Johannesburg. Thank you, everyone, for joining. If you're joining me this morning, thank you for connecting with me. I want to believe the Lord to give us inroad and expression this morning. I just have a few thoughts that I would like to share with you. Like you know, I'm in the midst of a uh, seeking to complete my book that I've started since 20, you know, 2020. Yes, but God has really been so gracious to me. There's just been an outpour of revelation and, and inspiration. I mean, I am so, so loving the things the Spirit of the Lord is pouring into my spirit in terms of this book. I, I want to argue that this book might just be one of the best that I have written, you know, so far. And it, it's beginning to get clear why the enemy has really fought, you know, this material. All right. So uh, hopefully, in fact, I, I was in the middle of writing when I just said to myself, just put a pause, you know, on the thought, God, let's just put a pause on, on that thought and let me just come be a blessing to the people. So it's a great delight to, you know, to, to, to be with you this morning, to share, you know, some of the things that the Lord has been, you know, dropping into my spirit. In fact, some of the things I want to share right now is a chapter in, in this book, but let us pray. Father, we want to honor you once again. Our heart rejoices in you. We celebrate you. Ah, we we having a better and a clearer image and picture of who you are, what you are, what you are demanding and requiring of us in this new day. I thank you. I thank you, Father, for everyone who would be joining or will be connecting, particularly those who will be listening later to this these teachings, this these expressions. I pray that this word, oh God, will reach deep into the bowels of their inner man, to the realities of their spirit man, that everything within their life will say yes to this word. Because indeed, you're calling us to see something. Something, oh God, that ordinary people cannot see and not see. Why? Because they can't pay the price. You said to Moses, come up higher. Come up higher. You said to John, come up higher. Let me bring you to a place where I can show you. There are things you are showing those who will pay the price, who will come to a higher dimension, a higher reality of your speakings and demand for this new day. And we want to pay that price. We want to continue to pay that price to move higher. We want to continue to move from one mountain to another. We want to complete all the journeys of the mountains of your spirit. We want to live our life in, in the full understanding, in full con understanding of your demand for our day. We want to live our life in the full revelation of all your speakings. 
We want these journeys to be complete. Your word says these are the journeys of the children of Israel. We want to complete. We want to conclude. We want to enter into the full dimension of a matured life. Yes. Your word said until we come to the full stature of Christ. May this day, O oh God, bring us, O oh God, into that full understanding, into that full reality, into that full revelation of who you are, but muscle of what you are demanding of us in this new day. So we ask once again, teach us, bring us further, help us to have a better insight, a better understanding of the demand of your requirement. I pray for everyone that will be joining, connecting right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will bring them into, yes, Lord, a full dimension of full outpouring of your demand I thank you I bless your name I give you the glory for everyone right now that is joining us thank you Holy Spirit thank you mighty God thank you for the things that you're doing in Jesus name Amen and amen. Friends, I want to welcome you. Uh, I've just muted my, you know, my, my video, you know, so that I also can, you know, just be focused and, you know, uh, um, press into the things that the Spirit of the Lord is saying. You know, sometimes the video also is like almost like a distraction. So I don't want, or I don't want you to be distracted and I don't want also to be distracted. I just want to share some things that I, I, I sense the Spirit of the Lord as, you know, being, you know, uh, emphasizing into my spirit. Of course, we're dealing with so many things. We're dealing with, amen, occupying till Christ's return. That is the general, you know, message that we have been dealing with on our platform here yes the word is occupy till christ return we've been looking into all of that yes occupy till christ return and we're trying to understand all the various complex and you know uh, uh, minimal you know uh, uh, dimension that we need to occupy we want to understand every area amen you know the bible said that you know when nehemiah was rebuilding the wall all right that there were no gaps amen in the building the construction there were no gaps. I mean, to me, that means a lot, okay? That there is no place, there is no, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know, avenue for the enemy to sneak in, amen? There's no weak link, there's no weak point, yes, in this thing that Nehemiah built. And if you will, we are in that day, amen, of the rebuilding of the walls, amen? God is rebuilding this house, God is training, God is equipping us, we're rebuilding the walls and we're rebuilding, amen, the gates, Remember, we cannot occupy until we're able to, amen, restore those two things. The walls and the gates, amen, yes. Alright, we have to come into that dimension, into that understanding. So, when we talk about, you know, Christianity, spirituality, when we talk about the kingdom life, the apostolic life, there are, there are principles that we have to be searching for in the word of God that will position us, that will allow us, amen, to become functional, that will become, amen, that will become effective, amen, that will become effectual. Hallelujah. Like the scripture says, the effectual fervent prayer, alright, of the righteous avail. Okay, prayer, amen, will be, you know, the manifesting dimension of the things that we have come to know, that we have come to understand, alright? Yes, in the place of studying the word of God, in the place of understanding the will of God, in the place of understanding the mindset. Let me say it again. There is a particular belief system, a mindset that is required of us in this season. Alright? If you look at the move of God, amen, 
whenever God moves, or you study history and you study certain moves, you start you study certain revival, you study certain expressions of God, you will notice that there were certain things that the Lord emphasized in those seasons that the Lord made re- requests of that the, that the Lord demanded, and there were you know a group of people, amen, maybe one or two, you know, a handful of people who decided to give God, amen, his demand, and because of those amen quality of lives and vessels of people God then move like I always say God does not take it doesn't need the whole nation to be you know to be saved before he moved all God needed amen is a Noah in his generation all God needed amen is an Enoch in his generation amen all God need amen is a Moses is a Joshua you understand when when God finds a quality caliber of people that can align to his intentions and to his desire God knows that those people amen in the spirit of what they have known they will go and influence others I tell you that is what I'm doing. That is my position. I know that I don't have amen the resource. I don't have the kind of manpower to do the kind of things that people are doing today in the name of building the church. And I'm, I'm not even going to go into all of that. You understand? I've done that in years past. You understand? And I've seen how that can drain you. How that can really drain you. If you run church, you run ministry the way people are running today. I'm telling you that before your time. Because that thing has a way of killing you. That thing has a way of drying you. That thing has a way, you understand, of, of draining you. I, I know. I can tell you that. You will compromise at some point. If you want to build and build in accordance to amen, a dimension of a priesthood that will not sweat. Then you have to change. Amen. Yes, your modus operandi. You have to change, amen, how you understand church, how you understand ministry, how you understand, amen, the things of God, amen. There are people in their closet, amen, shifting atmosphere over nations. There are people, you understand, who are not into all of this show, you are not into, you know, and I'm not saying those doing it, amen, they are completely wrong, all right, because some people must be out there doing what they are doing, but I'm saying that there is a pattern, there is what the Bible calls a mark excellent way he said behold and I show you a more excellent way now that is what I want the more excellent way there's a dimension the Bible says amen that we come to in the mind of Christ that position us within the same authority and life that Jesus operated amen that allows to literally amen shift the atmosphere shift the climate of a nation of a generation Alright, so we have to begin to ask ourselves. I know that many of those who are listening, who are following us, their heart is searching, their heart is seeking. They want something different. Alright, they're tired of keep going to that same well. You understand? Every Sunday you go to that well. Every Saturday you go to that well. Every day you keep going. You keep taking a journey to that well, but still there's no satisfaction. Where there is a better way. And that, those better way are what we are offering. You understand? So this morning, you know, I, I want to talk about tracking the mind of Christ. Why do we need to track the mind of Christ? Because the mind of Christ, amen, is one of the is one of the resources, if you will, that we need. Okay, there are there are various aspects and dimension, amen, to Christ. Christ is the most complex being. Of course, He's God. 
So we cannot say we are fully or we have come to fully understand. When, when you hear the mind of Christ, a lot of you will like, just brush it away. It's just the mind, you know, it's just the mind of Christ. <laughs> I, I, I wish, I wish I understand, amen, what it means to fully, amen, yes, function within that dimension, within that reality of that which is known as the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ, amen, is the, is the philosophy, is the, is the operating domain, amen, of the kingdom of God. Is the operational system, amen, of the kingdom of God. Did you hear what I've just said? The mind of Christ is the operational domain, is the headquarter, is the place, amen, where systems are built, amen, and where, you know, if you will, you know, uh, 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 you know, the things that allow us to shift things and move things and do things, amen, and, and operate, if you will, in the prophetic, all right, if you say you're, you're a prophet, you're saying an apostle, you say you're a pastor, you're pastoring the people and you don't have the mind of Christ, huh? I don't know how you're going to... Be able to do that. You want to run a home. You want to run a marriage, a family. You want to raise kids, and you don't have the mind of Christ. I don't know how you're going to successfully do that. I don't know. There is so much that we are yet to understand. We are yet to comprehend that we have not even begin to think of when it comes to the, the realities of the mind of Christ. And we need to wear this mind if we are going to do anything meaningful for the kingdom of God in this end of days. Because like I've been saying, and some of you must have heard me say this several times, the battle of the last day is the battle of philosophy. Is the battle of mind. Is the battle, amen, of how people think, how people reason. Your life is the summation of your thought pattern, of your system of thinking, Amen. Many of us have all kinds of, you know, operating system when it comes to our mindset. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not even started going to all of that. But I, I'm just trying to help you to understand era, that we need to begin to probe into. We need to begin to dig into. We need to begin to take a journey deep. You see, one of the things that, you know, a wise believer would do era, is to go to God and ask questions. Whenever you read scripture, you must, you must probe it. You must probe, you must ask questions. When they say the mind of Christ, what does that mean? Don't presume and don't assume that, okay, because somebody had defined that to you, you know, 10 years ago, and you benchmark your understanding based on the opinions of men, you will never grow, you will never mature beyond, amen, that definition somebody has benchmarked. That's why many of us, our spirituality is a reflection of other people's, you know, spiritual philosophy. Did they ever have just said? Many, many Christians, many believers, their spirituality, their understanding of spirituality is a mirror of their papa, is a mirror of their apostle, is the mirror of their bishop, is the, is the mirror of their mama. They have not grown because those people too don't, don't want them to grow beyond them. Look at what John said. He said, I must, I must, I must decrease. He must increase. That's the work of a true spiritual leader. The work of a true spiritual leader must be pushing the people, amen, beyond themselves to Christ. Christ must be magnifying the life of the people you are raising, you are training. All right? Your life must not be, amen, a benchmark. Your life must not be a cloud. Your life must not hinder. That was what Moses did. And you know, Moses paid dearly for that. The Bible says, even when the glory had depleted, when the glory is no longer there, he still veiled himself, he still veiled his face. So all the people were seeing was a fading glory. I want my kids, my disciples, 
to be 10 times better than me. That is the standard of the kingdom. And that's why I don't hold back. Everything God has given to me, I put it out there. And we're going to put more out there. Hopefully, maybe next month, I'm going to start, amen. We will look again to our prophetic school. One of the best materials that you can find when it comes to understanding the prophetic. Want to train people again, equip people because we need. The Bible says we must pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers. Laborers must be trained. We have to send the right kind of laborers. We, we, we don't want to remain in the place where we are complaining about what has gone wrong in the church. We want to create an alternative. We want to build, amen. We want to equip. We want to, amen. Yes, deploy soldiers that are disciplined, equip with the, with the latest gear of apostolic lifestyle. Hallelujah. You know what I said? One of the things that make American you know, soldiers one of the best in the world is because they, they, they don't just have the right mindset, but they have a latest gear, the latest equipment. If it's the latest in town, amen, they are always there. I mean, they've, they've got, you understand, they've got, you know, uh, factories, they've got places where they are looking at the latest technology. What can we have? What can we do to better our people, all right, to make the war, all right, more, you know, uh, uh, easy for the people and, and, and less, you know, uh, 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 volatile. We want less people dying. You getting me? We we that is a mindset that we've got to develop in the kingdom. You say, how do we do that? We have to come into amen dimensions in Christ that allow us amen to build amen apostolic technology. That's why they give us apost- the apost- the apostolic ministry is a ministry of wisdom. We've made it a show. We've made it a noise. We've made it about just building buildings. If you can build a building and you have a car and you have a big house, then you're an apostle. Come on. The apostolic ministry is the signet ring of wisdom. Wisdom builds a house. The house are people, people. That's why in the days of Jesus, he did not build a synagogue. He built people. He invested in people. People lived with him. When I was in Nigeria, I had people living in my house. People that I was trained, they were literally living with me in the same in the same flat that I'm living. They were not coming and going. No, the ones who really want to, who want to grow, who want to, you know, work with me, want to be leaders, they lived with me. They saw me wake up in the morning. They saw me, or I went to brush my teeth. They saw me, you understand, go to the bathroom. Yes. That is what I believe. We need to do. We have to we have to close the gap. Because people must drink of your spirits. You can't do that thing from behind the pulpit and think you will ever build and equip people. The things of God, if you're ever going to handle the things of God, is vulnerable. Love is vulnerable. So is truth. So is trust. That's why people never really get to know us. Because we are insecure. We don't want to be vulnerable. <laughs> you understand? You can't pastor people from a pulpit. If you're a pastor. When I was a pastor, I pastor people who lived with me. They live with me. They can tell you about my life. They, they, they will tell you, we heard him snore. They, we, know how, we, know, we, we know how he snores. You understand? Yes. They say, they say, Master, where do you live? He said, come and see. They lived within a few days. 
What am I saying? We say we're tracking the mind of Christ this morning. All right. And I've got some few things, just few thoughts that I want to share with you. Okay. Why? Because there's a work before us. Amen. There is a work before us. There is an assignment before us. Let's not start with Job. Let's start with Isaiah. All right. Isaiah, you know, Isaiah 11. The mind of Christ is something we have to pray into. We have to walk into. We have to believe God. I know you already have an idea of what you believe, what you think the mind of Christ is. But if you begin to come into a dimension where you begin to inquire, I want to know more. I need to know more. I want to understand what the mind of Christ is. Because the scripture says that as a man thinks in his heart. You see? Your mind, amen, is your thinking faculty, is the is the operating system, amen, of your of your of your of your thought pattern, of your imagination, of your reasoning. As a man thinks, the thought is in the heart. You may say, but what, what then about the spirit? Ah, no, the spirit works. The spirit was designed to work, amen, with your thought pattern. That is why we keep dealing with the issues of sanctification. You will never be able to fully function, amen, as a true man of God, a true woman of God, if your spirit and your soul, amen, are not in unity, are not in agreement. This is why, amen, you have to learn to live a fasted life. One of the things that kills, that neutralizes the power, amen, the bullying nature of the soul life, of the fallen Adamic nature, is fasting. Not everybody loves to fast. But when you understand what is required, what is demanded of you, you do it. Why? Because you want to tame the flesh. You want to subdue. You want to suppress. Amen. You want to bring your your life under the government. Amen. Yes. Of Christ. And Christ rules through your spirit. Whenever God, whenever God wants to do anything in your life, it begins from your spirit. If your spirit is not available, it walks away. God does not speak to your mind. He speaks to, amen, your, 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 your spirit. And your spirit as God is on mind. Your spirit is an intelligent spirit. But there is another, he said, there's another law that is at work in my member. That's what brother Paul said. So for us to be able, amen, to function and do certain things that the Lord will require us to do, we can be praying till Jesus come for revival. We can be praying, God, we want you to move in our nation. We want you to move in our land. Friends, if our prayer is not targeting the dimension that control us to think in a particular way, that causes us to reason in a particular form, that makes us, amen, to make certain decisions, if we're not tackling that, we will never be able, amen, to address the issues that will shift atmospheres of our nation. Because listen to this. People are atmosphere. When you come into an environment and you, you feel this tense atmosphere. You feel this, you know, challenging, you know, prideful atmosphere. Don't be looking into the air. It's the spirit of people that defines the atmosphere that governs their community and environment. Alright, if they say, oh, that area is a gangster area. <laughs> you didn't that, that gangster spirit was not imported from somewhere. That thing came from people. You come into an area and children cannot walk on the street. You, you understand? You know, safe. It, it's a spirit. 
That's why you can, listen, you can literally, amen, neutralize the spirit. No matter how strong, you can neutralize the spirit that, that controls a particular environment. And even a nation. That's why they say we must build an altar. We raise an altar unto God. That altar are people. We raise quality men and women. It's not going to build altars on mountains. It's not going to mountains. I see Christians say, oh, no, we want to go to that mountain. We will go to elevated place. From the mountain, we'll pray. Okay, that's good. That's a good exercise. But that really doesn't make any, any difference. Because you are the mountain. All right? You are the altar. You are the fire. Hallelujah. Yes. You are the incense rising to go. If God can find your life aligned to the will of God, your life, amen, which is an enfoldance, which is a manifestation of a spirit, like a smoke, you will begin to change the realm. I mean, as a good, you know, you know, exercise, go on hiking. I mean, I can go to a mountain. You understand? But for for you to think that going to the mountain is what is going to make your prayer effective, that is the biggest, you know, deception you you know, you're bought. You understand? No, no. Are, are you are you getting it? You said, then why did Jesus went to a mountain? He went to a mountain so that he was not distracted. So he's not distracted. Alright, I just knocked off a religious spirit. Now somebody is angry. I just knocked off a religious spirit. Yes. He went to the mountain so he's not distracted. I also love going to the mountain. I love it. I love nature. But I don't make the mistake to think that, you know, nature draws me closer to God. No. I can be in the midst of, you know, noise. I was living in the midst of noise, but I was my 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 my, my frequency was tuned to heaven. I mean, I've lived in the midst of the kind of noise you would never you if I tell you you would never believe it. Noise that are there to make sure that they pollute your spirit, to quench your spirit, to quench your fire. And yeah, I never give in. I never give in. I never give in. So make make more noise. I will pray here. I will pray. I will do what the Lord will have me do. I will not be benchmarked. I will not be hindered. I will not be stopped. And that's what God is looking for. You will, because you will never have a quiet place, a quiet time. No, no. You have to create it from within you. You create rest. You, you create quietness from within you. It's an attitude. It's an attitude you have to formulate. Are you getting it? Because people tell you, no, the reason why we can't pray is because you see, I'm busy, I'm busy. In the midst of your busyness, you can create an altar. You can create a sense of the presence of God. It all begins with the state of your mind. When we talk about, amen, yes, growing in the mind of Christ, we're talking about coming into a dimension of a life where, listen to what I'm about to say, where, amen, the default operating pattern of thinking of this world, do, amen, does not override, amen, or superimpose itself, amen, on us. When you go to community, when you go to, you know, families, when you go to, you know, cities, you can feel, you can see the kind of mindset. Oh, they say those people are wayward, they are perverted. It's first the mindset. Those people, hey, they, they are into material things. It's first a mindset. The mindset of Jesus, amen, is what we see 
through his life. Everything that Jesus did, he reflected, amen, is a condition, is a state of his mind that reflects a state of his being. <laughs> your state of being is defined by your state of mind. Your state of mind, amen, is determined by how you allow certain thoughts, amen, yes, to live, to stay in you. Thought comes and thought goes. But thought, amen, every thought has a mission. Every thought has got a mission. The mission is either to enhance your spiritual state or to neutralize it. So that, amen, you are forever quenching fire. You go to Sorry. That's just wasted effort because what allow you to pray effectively is not even in, in agreement. Your mind, you are, your mind is not in the right state. Have you, have you found people praying? But you know they are not praying. <laughs> because they don't understand that prayer starts first with the state of your mind. Prayer starts first with the state of your mind. You can't have an unbelieving mind, a doubtful mind, a proudful mind, an anxious mind, and you want to go and pray. Which are you even going to pray? Because you don't have, amen, the right fuel, amen, yes, to lift your prayer to the realm that you want it to go. There are things you've got to do. You've got to make sure, amen, that you as the pilot, amen, and your co-pilot, amen, which is the state of your mind, amen, is ready, amen, to lift this aircraft. Are you getting this, friends? And that's why we have to understand the nature. Listen to what I'm about to say. We have to understand the nature of the 21st century spiritual warfare. The things we used to pray about 10, 20, 30 years ago as spiritual warfare are not the things we should be focusing today. If you want to understand how to pray effectively, how to amen, win the battles of life, the battles of the 21st century, amen, you have to understand the present state of the mind of the nation and of course to do that you have to understand the mind of Christ you cannot deal with the mind of the nation if you don't have the mind of Christ because the mind of Christ amen is the point and place where we get to understand and see all things the way God designed them there's a way you are looking at things I'm looking at things that does not correspond amen to God's prophetic design and when you are not in agreement with the mind of God, you will never be effective in anything you do because you are outside the course. You are outside, amen, the order. You are outside the instructions and the direction. You are outside God's vision. Remember, we've been sharing this scripture for a while, amen, where there is no vision. That word, amen, where there's no vision is not just about where there is no assignment because to us, vision is an assignment. Yes, vision is an assignment, but vision first is a state. Vision first is amen, a condition of being. Vision first amen, is a place of agreement, is a place of congruence with, with Christ, is a place of unification. Then you can then move to the secondary dimension, which amen, you can say vision is something you need to do. But before amen, you do, vision first is a state of being. 
and that being is what shapes or regulates your attitude, your character. You understand the things that you prefer and reject. You understand? Yes, vision is an opening into a dimension where you are able to see things the way God wants you to see it. So, if your idea of vision is I've got to do something, I've my vision is to build. My vision is to have God knows what. My vision is to do this. Sorry. You may have an, you may have an objective. You may have something you want to do. But you do not have the blueprint of heaven. You do not see. You are not seeing what God, amen, will have you see. You are seeing men walking like trees. And you are seeing trees walking like men. You're, you're, they, they need to correct your vision, your sight, your prophetic sight. Son of man, have you noticed? Before they ever sent Jeremiah, they first corrected his sight. Son of man, what do you see? That is what I've been preaching and I've been teaching for a long while now. We have to correct our definition. Or we have to up, upgrade and update our definition of vision. So we are not, amen, confused. Because oftentimes, when we say we have a vision, no, what we are just displaying or expressing, amen, is that, well, I'm also relevant. I've got something to do. We're just saying that we're insecure. So we need something to do to give us a sense of, you understand, a sense of relevancy. That's what we call vision. Oh, that man wrote three books. I must write five books. My vision is to write five books. My vision is to build the biggest, God knows what. Our vision is to build the biggest, you know, uh, ministry, build the biggest university. Our vision is to build, build the biggest auditorium. That's not a vision, that's an ambition. You stop calling it a vision. Because when you truly have a vision of God, I'm telling you, your life will change. And we will see, amen, that change, amen, through your lifestyle, through your belief system. You can see people say they have vision. And you see the way they talk to people. You see the way they act. You see the way they behave. You ask yourself, is this truly a vision or something else? Oh, well. Isaiah chapter... 11 verse 2 says the spirit of the Lord will rest on him the spirit of wisdom the spirit of understanding the spirit of counsel the spirit of strength or power the spirit of knowledge not that that even knowledge is a spirit the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord all right so this this you know uh, 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 elements or highlights okay they are what you would define as what makes up the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is made up of amen, wisdom, understanding, counsel, strength, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. That this, this is what amen, makes up what you can define or call the mind. So if I'm to be looking into the mind of Christ, okay? Let's assume, amen, we open up the mind of Christ. What am I supposed to be seeing there? I'm supposed to be seeing, amen, yes, wisdom, understanding, counsel, strength or power, amen, knowledge, and this thing called the fear of God. <laughs> it's a strange one, but I love it. 
In other words, you cannot be a follower of Christ and you don't have a reverence for God. You don't have a sense of awe. It's there. Have you noticed that Jesus operated from that dimension? He was in awe of his heavenly father. The Bible says, even though he was God, he did not count himself equal. He humbled himself. He was teaching us something. He was laying down a dimension of existence. If you're so spiritual, but you're cocky, you're full of pride, then you don't have the mind of Christ. That's the truth. Because one of the things about the mind of Christ, amen, is a manifestation of humility. You don't struggle for it. It comes because of, amen, the spirit that dwells on the inside of you. There are believers who are thinking and reasoning like unbelievers in their conduct. They're Christians, but their 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 attitude, their you know, their their that's the word I'm looking for. You know, their outlook, that's the word. Their outlook is a manifestation, amen, of the of, of the Greek concept of thinking. Is a manifestation, is a reflection, amen, of the Western, amen, carnal Western way of thinking. They've eaten so much, amen, of the knowledge of the world that, you know, the, 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 the Christ life, the nature of Christ in them is struggling to bring them into, amen, compliance. Because they say this is how the world thinks. They've, they've, they've watched a lot of, you know, uh, uh, sessions of, you know, uh, trainings in, on YouTube about, you understand, how you must carry yourself, how you must behave, how you must talk. You understand? Yes. I also watch those things and that's why you know I get to know these things. One of the reasons why I went to study to get a, a certification of you know NLP, you understand, is to is to is to enter into the mind of these people to see what they are talking about, see what they are teaching, and compare it with what Christ tells us. I mean, I, I can't remember how many years since I finished Bible school. I never did any study because I'm forever studying scripture. I'm forever, you know, building myself in the things of God. But this time around, I said to myself, if I'm going to engage this end of days, if I'm going to understand this dimension that so many Christians and pastors are running into, want to be a life coach, I, I decided, I said, okay, I, I'm also, do you know, they failed me twice. Because the things that I was saying contradicts what <laughs> it contradicts what we were talking about. I said, I will write this thing again, or else they will continue to fail you. So I gave them what they wanted. Then I became a certified, you know, uh, uh, international, you know, coach. Even affiliated to some, you know, to the Department of South African Education and even that of America. So I can go anywhere in the world and do what I need to do. But that was not my agenda. My agenda was to understand the worst system of thinking. Because, okay, let me not go into much of that. But I'm just trying to help you to understand some things. So basically that was, you know, you know Daniel in Babylon. You've got to understand the operating system of Babylon. Friends, the things that we're dealing with is just too complex and too difficult. The, the stake is too high in the church. 
that we cannot continue amen and be in, in the hocus pocus the spirit of the lord will rest on him not that we're talking about the mind of Christ. The spirit of the Lord. That word Lord, amen, is very powerful. That word Lord speaks of, amen, the sovereignty of God. In other words, if the spirit of God is going to reign in your life, amen, it must take over. The spirit of the Lord cannot come, all right, and then you choose for him what to do, where, you know, where to stay, all right? Hey, what is that? Well, I'm giving you, uh, you know, a first room, third room, and the fifth room you see this other room please leave it the spirit of god will never come into a place where you will have to select if he's going to come into your life he wants the entire house he wants the entire domain that's why they say it's the spirit of the lord you go check that word lord it speaks of the sovereignty of god it does not amen, coexist. It's not sharing room with you. And this is why Jesus was able to finish amen, his assignment in three and a half years. Because he operated from this dimension. Are you seeing the point that I'm making? He operated from a position of the spirit of the Lord. His father had total control, total influence. So when they say give, he gives. When they say hold back, he holds back. When they say move, he moves. When they say go here, he goes there. Amen. He, he had lived his life in total surrender and submission to the government of his heavenly father. That's why he said, only the things, only the things I see and I hear my father do. So before he tracked the need on earth, he's already listening first to what his father is saying. I hope you understand that Jesus never healed everybody, amen, in his time. I hope you understand that not everybody, amen, that yes, came across Christ, that he healed, that he healed. No. Because there's no proof of that in the scripture that everybody in, in, in Jerusalem was healed. He moved in accordance to the instruction. That's the point. He moved in accordance to the guidance, to the leading. That's why the Bible says, if everything that Jesus amen, did were written, all the books of this world will not, be, will not be able to contain it. So, all we have in the scripture are the things they expect us to have and to know. So, the word of God that we have, amen, basically is a summary of the things that Jesus Christ did that they believe we need, that you and I need. And still, we're still struggling to read it. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of understanding. These are things we need to know, to understand, in order to be able to engage. In order to be able to engage the nature of the scenes and the nature of the days. We need wisdom. We need understanding. But all of this must rest upon, amen, the lordship. The lordship. Is it the Lord of your life? Or is it just Lord in certain areas? Is it the Lord of your life? The spirit of counsel. Ah, how we need this one. Strength. So it's not just about knowledge. It's not just about information. It's not just about, you know, psychology. No. That thing also comes with us. Strength. Some translation will say power. But you see how they match that power, right? With knowledge. 
the spirit of counsel, excuse me, counsel and power. They peer them. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. Less your, the knowledge you have about him begins to puff you up. Which is what happened most time. Many of the people today who claim they know the things of God, if you study their life properly, they are the most proudful people. They're very proud. They even express their pride, amen, to their members. Oh, yeah. Pride and knowledge is a dangerous pair. That's why in the scripture they pride, all right, they, excuse me, they paired, you know, knowledge with what? The fear of God. Yes. Like I always say, that fear of God is what regulates your knowledge, it regulates it. And then you see, the Bible says he would delight again. Look at that. He wouldn't just delight in wisdom. He wouldn't just delight amen, in understanding. He would not just delight in counsel. He would not just delight in strength. He would delight in the fear of God. We're tracking the mind of Christ this morning. He would delight in the fear of God. Because that is the opening. The fear of God is the opening to all resources. To all spiritual resources. The fear of God is the opening Amen. To all spiritual resources. You want to you want to go higher. You want to continue to go higher with God. Live perpetually in an atmosphere of the fear of God. Not the fear of man. Not the fear of not having. Not the fear of the lack of money. You'll be surprised how certain people live. Amen. In, in a perpetual dimension of the fear of lack. The fear of lack has led people into all kinds of things. They can't handle lack. They cannot handle it. They cannot just imagine that a day was going to come that they may not have money. Ooh. They can't handle it. People have all kinds of fears in their life. But Jesus is the fear of the Lord. And then he would delight. He would delight in the fear of the Lord. He would not judge by what he sees. With his eyes. Not decide by what he hears with his outer ears. The outer eyes and the outer ears. These are issues of gates. Did you see that? He, he doesn't make a decision by the by the outer gate of the eye and the outer gate of his ears. Wow. This guy lived perpetually from a position of discernment. You know, you can live your life successfully, amen, from the understanding of discernment. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. Discernment. I'm going to show you another scripture quickly. Philippians 2 verse 5 says let this mind be in you remember I, we just explained what that mind con, you know constitutes or consists of the mind of Christ remember the mind of Christ is a spiritual mind 
The Bible says to be carnally minded is what? Is death. That death, amen, is not some physical, you know, you're falling on the ground, you die. That death, amen, is a spiritual state. That death is a spiritual, to be carnally minded, amen, is to die spiritually. What does it mean to die spiritually? To be disconnected from the life of God. The life of God, amen, is not breathing in and breathing out. The life of God is the operating system, amen, of the redeemed. The life of God, amen, is that which allow us to move into dimensions of light. In him was life and that light became the light of men and the light shines. You can't have a light that shines, that illuminates because light is what gives you mobility. Light is what gives you, you know, capacity, competence. Light is what gives you, amen, creativity. Light is what gives you innovation. Light is all of these things that allow you, amen, to have, you know, illumination, to be inspired. Those are ministries of light. Like I told you, I've been writing now and the, and the words are just flowing. That is light. They're illuminating my spirit, all right? And it's like every day God, God just, God just increase. Yes, the wattage of that light. But what produces the light of God is the life of God. All right, in His life we see. In Amen. In His life we see light. He will show me the path of life. And in His light we see light. It doesn't come by accident. No. You have to invest into what is called, amen, the life, the life of Christ. You know what allow you to walk in the life of God? To refuse to do the things that the world wants you to do. To refuse, to, to refuse, amen, to submit to, amen, your own desire, your own preference. Listen, there's a preference that you want. There's something you want, you desire. There's a particular kind of life, an attitude, behave, behavior that you want to, amen, carry out. So they say you have to, amen, let the mind of Christ be in you. Can you see that? You have to permit it. You have to permit it. You have to permit the life, the life of Christ. The life of Christ, amen, operates through the mind of Christ. It's something we have to learn. We have to go to what I call the school of Christ to learn these things. You see, we talk about, amen, you know, we're, 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 we're in prayer, we're in the school of prayer, amen, with Christ. There's a place where you come to the Christ begins to train and build you. And when that begins to happen, amen, he begins to inject his mind into your mind. That is what is called change. When you say somebody change, it's not like their feature changes. It is their state of being that change, their state of reasoning, their state of thinking. When people change, they change their mind. That's what we say. When you change your mind, you change your condition, you change your position, you change, amen, your preference. And guess what? God gave us an ability, amen, to actually choose to change. But you know, like I know, it's easy to change in the natural than to change in the spirit. Because the spirit, we all know, amen, defines the natural. 
So there is more of warfare in that dimension of the spirit. And that's why the enemy will continue to bombard you, continue to fight you in that area. Because he knows that once you can change in the spirit, it's only a matter of time before that change impacts the natural realm, the physical realm. If you change your environment, you change your surrounding, but your state of mind is still the same. You've not changed. It's only a matter of time, amen, before what you thought you changed in the natural, amen, goes back to the same old way, to the same old pattern. I know certain people are, you know, they are very good in, in creating something new. But they don't have the ability to maintain it. They buy a new car. Or you're like, wow, 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 wow. Give that car three months. Later, six months. Go back and look at the car. You won't want to sit inside that car. Because they don't have the culture of maintenance. They don't have the culture, amen, of maintenance. They will spend money and buy new things, latest things, and like, ooh, give it time. You see, because it's the state of mind. They think when they change their environment, suddenly their life changes. Your environment does not change your life. What changes your life, amen, is what happens from within you that flows out. Change is not cosmetics. Change is ne- it's not cosmetic, and it will never be cosmetics. We have amen, a generation of people, Christians today, who are suffering, amen, insecurity. Who are suffering, amen, from dysfunctional personality. me because these are supposed to be Christians then you ask yourself so what have you been taught the emphasis is wrong when you have the mind of Christ and you start growing the mind of Christ it is natural it may take a while not what I'm about to say it may take a while it may take time but the change will happen in the physical realm But if you are just about a change in the physical realm and you still have the same old mindset, you still have the same old belief system, you still think and reason the same. If you are still thinking the same way you used to think, amen, you know, three years ago, two years ago, in in 2024, then you are not changing. In fact, I will predict what will happen. You will produce what you have been producing, all right, in 2020, regardless of what, amen, may be the cosmetic change taking place around you. You understand this? Because the true change is not what you shift, amen, in your house. It's not how you shift the, you know, the, the furniture. It's not you buying a new picture, you know, buying a new God knows what. It's not all of those cosmetic things. Those, those are nice. But, you know, after a while, you get, you, get, you get tired of them. You want something new. Why? Because the change is not authentic. The change is not coming from within you. 
The change is not coming from a place of truth. The change is coming from a point, amen, of what will people say? What will people think? How will people look at me? How will people see me? There are people all right, investing and doing all kinds of things just to give a narrative. Just to give a narrative. Just to paint a narrative. You cannot live like that. You will not be able to do anything successfully for God and even for yourself because every now and then you'll be wanting something new. And since you don't have the inner capacity, you're not operating from a position of the mind of Christ. Now, let me tell you one of the things that the mind of Christ begins to do. The mind of Christ begins to project into your state of being God's image and identity for your life. That's what the mind of Christ does. The mind of Christ will begin to project the image of Christ and the, the image of God for you. Do you know that every one of us have got, amen, yes, a spiritual DNA. I mean, we all, we all know that we've got a, you know, a natural physical DNA. We all know that, yes. And they can you, you use that DNA to trace all kinds of things in your life. But we also have a spiritual DNA. What is that spiritual DNA? Yes, it is that thing that God designed and ordained your life for. And that's what I'm talking about when I say, okay, when you see, when you say you have a vision, all right, that vision shows you, amen, your true image. The vision does not just show you your assignment. The vision shows you your true image. It is... That image that you know that you understand and that you're seeking to become that is translated into something you do on earth. Because that's how God designed it. Every human being God created, he created them, amen, for a purpose, for a reason. But for you to get to that purpose and reason, amen, you have to first of all, amen, move, shift away from anything that man can give to you, that church can give to you. The thing you call a vision is a church that gave to you, you know that. Many of us were given vision by church, given vision by, you know, people who are more spiritual than us. Many of us, we look at certain people, we have so over, overstudied those people that suddenly we begin to dream, we begin to covet, you know, what they're doing. And then we call it, all right, a vision. We call it, ah, I've got a vision. I know people like that. When I was a pastor, you know, spiritual leaders who were connected to me, people, some of them were my friends. They saw the things that we were doing and they loved it. And instead of them to come up to me and say, you know, I really love what you're doing. Can we duplicate this thing in our, in, our, in our community? Which, of course, I would never have said no. In fact, I would have, you know, assisted them. But you know what they do? They went to copy the same thing, just give it a different name, and they continue. And after a while, they could not continue again. You see, because it was not original. But they had the money to flood the thing for a while. It's important we understand this thing because see, the people that God is going to rest his power and his grace upon in this end of days will be people who are secure in their identity. And the only way they can be secure in their identity is because, amen, they have come to know and value what is known as the mind of Christ. See, the mind of Christ does not just teach you how to think. It also teaches you how to live. It teaches you how to be, how to be authentic. Alright, yes. It's from the mind of, listen to what I'm about to say. It's from the mind of Christ that you, de you develop and you derive value. You can't derive value from yourself 
because you don't even know who you are. Your preference were things that you grew up into because of the influence of the environment that shapes you. When you grow in a particular environment, or you grow in a particular, you know, set of, you know, belief system, you grow in a particular, you know, you know, condition. Those conditions condition your mind, your thought pattern, to the point that those things that have been conditioning you, you then begin to accept and believe that that is who you are. And that's false. That's why I said to people, the fact that you you went through something very difficult in life, you went through you know some ordeal, you went through, give an example, a rape. That does not necessarily call you into the ministry of trying to save everybody who has been raped. Hello? Because that's what we hear. Oh, that's your experience. So that may be your calling. That's a lie. Negative experience should not be what defines your purpose in life. No matter how terrible, how difficult what you went through, it's an experience and it will enhance you. You will never find somebody like David who, who, who developed, you know, assignment via his experience. No. You see David moving from amen, various experience of life. There was an experience in Gilga. There was an experience, amen, excuse me, in Kevadulam. There was an experience in Gilga. There was an experience, amen, yes, in Hebron. The same thing with Joseph. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't say, oh, now I was thrown in the dungeon, all right? I've now been saved out of dungeon. Let's build a ministry of how you can be saved out of dungeon. <laughs> because that's what we see. Then you own, you own something negative. No. When you begin to delve into what is known as the mind of Christ, I'm telling you, you will be you'll be plunged into a pool, in fact, not a pool, into an ocean that you cannot exhaust in swimming. The mind of Christ is so vast, you cannot fully comprehend what is there, and that's why the parameter of that mind, amen, is what we just what we read earlier on. Yes. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding. You see, when you have the mind of Christ, you have wisdom, you have understanding, you have counsel, you have strength, amen. You have the knowledge of God. Can you see, when you have this thing, nobody can confuse you. You know what God will have you do, amen. At every given interval, every day of your life, amen. Yes, seven days a week, you know what God is demanding and requiring of you. He's the one lead you. He's the one leading you, amen. You're not, you not the one leading yourself. He's the one leading you. He's the one guiding you. He's the one instructing you. This is, this is what we're going to do today. This is how we're going to go about it today. Alright? You're not building on a shaky foundation. So whatever comes to you, amen, positive or negative, because you already have the mind of Christ, you have the right attitude. You have, you have the right belief system to handle those things. You're not living your life in fear. You're not living your life in anxiety. You're not anxious for anything. Alright? You're not at the mercy of people's opinion. Alright? Let's go to Job. Because I need to start rounding up now. I don't want to go beyond an hour. 
Job 32. I love what this man said. Elihu, his name is Elihu, he's one of the friends of Job. One of those guys who are just, you know, opening their mouth and saying all kinds of things to Job. I mean, they really don't understand what was going on in the life of Job. And everybody was just giving their own opinion, just like we all do today. You're going through something and people just give their own opinion in the name of, in the, name of the Lord. <laughs> in the name of the Lord. When you're going through something, have you noticed how everybody becomes a counselor suddenly? Even though, amen, they have not taken the place of a priest. You see, before you give somebody counsel, you've got to first take the position of a priest over that situation. The hero just said, that's powerful. Before you give a counsel regarding any situation in the life of somebody, you have to first take the position of a priest. You have to learn to sit with them, feel, have a feel, have a knowledge, have an insight, an understanding of what is going on in their life. It's amazing that when people are going through something, you, we take advantage of their vulnerability and we think that we can speak into their life. We can say something. No, you're speaking out of your own emotion. You're speaking out of your own feeling. You're speaking out of your own you know, understanding, which may not suffice, which may not, amen, be what is needed. Sometimes you just need to be quiet. Sometimes, all right, you don't even need to say anything. Just be present with the people. I'm here. If you need me, I'm just here. Amen. So Elohim said this, though, though that age should speak, yes, oftentimes we want age to speak and there is a wisdom that comes with age. Not what we're talking about, we're growing in the mind of Christ. There is the wisdom that grows with age if, amen, age allow us to have an experience of, amen, the challenges of life, have a good experience, then we can learn from that. But people can grow in age and might not really grow, amen, in wisdom. I mean, there are people who grow, they, they have age on their side, but when they open their mouth, you're like, what? what? What's going on here? Yes. Because they never really learned. When you go through the challenges of life, those challenges should not develop a, a toxic memory in us. They should teach us how to learn from life. That's why you need to go back and read my book on, you know, on the book of Proverbs. You remember that material I did on the book of Proverbs? It's important. Experience are not to make us bitter. Of course, to the devil, that's a plan of experience. People who have all kinds of experience. There are, have you met fathers, grandpa, who've been through bitter things in life and they have not been able to let go of those things? In fact, some of them is on their death, deathbed that they were able to let go. Now, I mean, I, I think I have learned enough from Christ. I don't, I don't allow any bitterness, any, oh, it may be painful, yes, I might cry about it, but I'm not going to allow it to dwell in me because I know what that can do to me. And I know what that can do to my ministry. Somebody said it's like, you know, uh, uh, you know holding somebody in grudge or unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. <laughs> That's a good one. It's never going to happen. 
You have to learn to have the mind of Christ to know how to see life. That's the point, one of the points that I'm making. When you have the mind of Christ, you know how to look at life. You know that all things that happens to you, amen, good or bad, they happen because the Lord allowed it. Guess what? Even the mistake you make, the mistake that you made, yes, you may suffer the consequence, but guess what? At the end of the day, something good is going to come out of that. If you don't give up and say, because of this mistake, that's the end of my life. You understand? So it's important that we have this clear insight into what the mind of Christ is. Or though, amen, that age shall speak and many years shall teach wisdom. That is normal, natural. Many years shall teach wisdom, but there is a spirit. Elohim said we can bypass this natural event of accumulating knowledge and wisdom and developing maturity. He said, but there is a spirit in a man. <coughs> that is what I am about. That is what I'm seeking for. I don't know about you, but I will enjoy you and I will encourage you to take this advice of Elohim. There is a spirit in a man. The breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. The Zoe life. Can you see this thing? That we can grow. We can grow in the mind of Christ. We can grow in the knowledge, in the understanding, amen, of the mind of Christ. Because there is a spirit in you. Listen friends, that spirit will just remain dormant if you don't steer it up. If you don't steer that spirit up, if you don't fire that spirit up, if you don't feed that spirit, amen, if you don't make demand on that spirit that is in you, that can give you understanding. Many of the things that I've been able to do is because I recognize this scripture. I recognize this spirit in me. And this spirit has never for one day failed me. There's a spirit in man. Do you know you have a spirit in you? Particularly if you are a child of God. You have a spirit that can enhance your ability to discern, your ability to understand, your ability to grow in the knowledge of God. In the no and when you grow in the knowledge of God, guess what? You get to know all things. You get to know people. You get to know every situation. Amen. In their true nature. When you grow in the knowledge of God, you cannot be deceived. You cannot be fooled. No matter how people try to, you know, disguise themselves and try to, you know, camouflage their character. When you have the mind of Christ, the moment they come close to you, mm, the spirit will begin to tell. They'll tell you if you're supposed to move away from this person or move closer. We're not like, you know, Gideon. That when, when, when the Gibeonites come, we start sampling what they brought. No, you can't do that in this in this end of days. You know what I mean? You can't begin to sample things by sound bites. Don't make mistake of looking at things you know, on a face value and then you commit yourself. No, you can't do that. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be regretting it. You don't want to do that. Right? You don't want to be insecure by your choices and decisions. 
There is a spirit in man, even though age will speak wisdom. Many years can teach understanding and wisdom, but there's a spirit in the man. Friends, it's time we begin to steer the spirit because the days we live in, as we move closer towards the day of the manifestation of the Antichrist, who is going to be operating through a particular state of thinking, through a particular philosophy, as it was in, in the days of, of, you know, of Daniel in Babylon, as it was in the days, you understand, yes, of Noah. Bible says, as it were in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the coming. They're talking about these days. The people cannot discern, they cannot pick, they cannot feel, they cannot sense, amen, the demand of God, the requirement of God for their generation, for their time. They were giving themselves to partying and marrying and all kinds of things they were doing. Some of these things looks legitimate, but they are completely disconnect themselves from what will save them from what was coming. The Bible says, until the day Noah entered the ark and God shut the door and the rain began to fall, they were not aware, but yet they were fully aware of the environment. Are you getting my point? We have to get to that dimension where our life is not, you know, defined by natural, carnal human appetite. That we are able to pick and see things via the spirit. It's called the mind of Christ. Lord, I want to grow in your mind. I want Christ to be formed in me. Paul said, you are my son whom again I travail again in birth until Christ. How do you think Christ gets to be formed in us? Is Christ now growing in you? Are they bathing Christ? No, it is the mind of Christ. Remember, the mind of Christ is a spiritual mind. The mind of Christ is not a carnal mind. The mind of Christ, amen, teaches us spiritual wisdom. Amen, invests into us spiritual understanding. It gives to us, amen, the knowledge and the fear of God. The mind of Christ allows us, amen, to see things the way God designed them. The mind of Christ gives us wisdom. Imagine you just being resource alone with the wisdom that comes from God. I mean, people will be, people will be, you know, will be will be lining up in front of your house. You say, you know, if you go to that that man's, that woman's house, she's just, you know, a reflection of wisdom. Her words are like woe. People need a lot of counseling. People need to make a lot of decisions. They don't know what to do. I'm telling you, they will line up in front of your house. Wisdom. Because you will save them of so many hassles, so many huddles, so many issues. How many people have invested into all kinds of things? Gone into all kinds of businesses? Gone into all kinds of relationships? Thinking that is the right thing. Only after a while for them to realize, wait a minute, what, what have I done? I mean, people today are hooked into all kinds of situations that they, it's like they can't, they can't get out of it. It's like they've been entrapped. They've been trapped. Yet, this is a resource we can, we can benefit. It's in us. It's just to steer it. It's just to recognize it. It's just to accept it. I have the mind of Christ. You know one thing, the mind of Christ will not work with 
carnality. The Bible says, yes, a carnal mind will not inherit the kingdom, the things of the kingdom. I hope you understand the operations of the mind of Christ, amen, is the operations of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is righteousness. You see this issue of consecration again? Oh yes, I want the mind of Christ. But can you live a consecrated life? Can you live a righteous, holy life, a pure life? Can you live a life, amen, that is void of sin that you've literally, amen, get you you when sin come near you, you 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 know you you hate it with a passion. That's a secret. Nobody comes into the mind of Christ, amen, without hating the things that Christ hates. Again, it. You see why this thing is a is a is is a must is compulsory to some of us. Holiness is compulsory to some of us. Righteousness, amen, is a do or die thing. We we cannot live, we can't function. We will not be able to change the narrative of ministry if we don't live in a righteous life. So we run from iniquity, we run from sin, amen, because of the nature of the assignment they've committed into our life, and because we want, of course, the Father to be pleased. Or else you have to go and compromise. You have to do what they are doing. That's the truth. You want to change nations. You want to transform society. Then your life must become amen, the kind of vessel that heaven can invest what it's going to take to change a nation. It's what I said. What I, what I, what I said earlier. You come into a community and say, hey, there is, there is wickedness. There is, you know, drug. Yeah, they're doing drug. Yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're gangs. Yeah, you know, they shoot guns. They raise a standard in the spirit. Because all those things manifesting in the natural, amen, are first a connection in the spirit. Our problem is we can't stay long enough in the spirit. <laughs> After a few, few weeks, few days, we are tired. You know, God can position you in a place just to raise, amen, a prayer life, raise an altar for God in that area. That that is what they want you to do. Not, don't start a church. No, no, we're not sending you. Go and start, amen, a prayer center. Just rent a house. All right? Live, live nice, but every day just be praying and counter, ship the atmosphere over the city we will take care of the remaining things because they know your investment they know your place they know your what they know your courage in the spirit and all you're doing every day is you're lifting your hands and you're dealing with the powers the forces the principality over the realm and suddenly things begin to happen in the natural after three months after six months after a year after two years after three years, he said, Are you saying, Well, can pray that long? Oh, yeah. They can position you in a place for seven years just to be dealing with amen, powers and principality over a nation until that thing starts cracking. You start for the first six months, everything still looks like brass, nothing is going on, everything looks hard. You say, ah, This is a hard ground. Have you heard people say, This is a hard ground? Yes, every ground is hard. Some ground are more harder than the others. 
We just need, amen. Yes, people who understand how to engage the spirit. Say, how long is it going to take to bring this thing down? Even say six years. I say, okay, we have time. <laughs> Let's carry on. When you begin to see the things of the spirit, amen, as, as an assignment, as work, not hit and run, not hit and run, then you begin to make impact in the spirit realm. We are quick to want to see change. You know, you sow the seed now, tomorrow you must begin to see the things sprout. It doesn't work like that. Before the mind of Christ gets to be formed in you, it will take time. Let me round up with that. Before the mind of God is fully formed in you, it's going to take time. But don't look at time. Continue. That's what I'm doing. Where I am. I'm not bothering about time. I've got enough time. As long as I'm alive. Hallelujah. The work of three and a half years, it prepared, amen, for 18 years. You continue. You continue. You don't get distracted. I want Christ to be formed in me. I want the mind of Christ to be formed in me. I want the mind of Christ to be formed in me. And you take all the scripture that speaks about that. You begin to embellish them into every part of your being. That's how you change. So that in the day, they need you to go and speak. They need you to go and do something. You're ready. They will say, oh, we want to come into Jairus, but we want to come into County. There's nobody to prepare the ground for us. No. They should be able to say, hey, that, that, that's an available person. Yes. The things of the Spirit is work. Is work. You must be willing and I must be willing. We must be ready. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we hear your voice. We're not, we're not giving up. We're not letting go. We're surrendering and submitting and rededicating ourselves as we know that in this season what is going to require us to stand out and reflect the kind of manifestation you desire in our city, in our nation, on our street is a caliber of a people who have the mind of Christ. And that's what we have come to offer to you. So we cast down every thought, every imagination, every wrong thinking, every wrong mindset. We cast them down. We declare once again today that we have, we come into the realm, the reality of the mind of Christ. We choose your mind. We choose your thought. We choose your thinking. We choose your faculty. We choose your desire. Yes, we choose that which your spirit desires for us. We declare, let your kingdom come into our thought pattern. Let your kingdom come into our reasoning faculties. Let your thought come into, yes, our feelings, our emotions, 
we choose to surrender, yield ourselves, O God, to your desire and counsel. Christ, may your kingdom be formed in us. May your will be formed in us. We want to be part of a company of men and women who have what it takes in this last day to reveal, to showcase, to display the glory of your name. This is our prayer. This is my prayer for everyone connecting and listening, oh God. And those who will be listening later, I pray that they will make up their mind. You know, friends, when we say we want to serve God, God will say, okay, I've heard you. And then they will test your commitment. They will test your commitment. I've seen that particularly with my own life. They will test your commitment to see if indeed you mean it. When they see that, amen, there's a resolve, there's a determination, you're not going back. Then they will begin to, little by little, little by little, inject certain truth, certain grace. They will begin to inject, you know, certain dimension. They won't give you all the fool. No. They want to see what you're going to do with that little. The more you prove yourself worthy, aha, they will increase it. They will increase it. They will increase it. Before one day you just realize you, are, you have become a walking dynamite. You have become, yes, a living epistle known and read of all men. But it all begins from a point, from a place of commitment. Lord, we thank you that we are committed to your ways. We are committed to your will. We are committed to your desire. We are committed to your counsel. We are committed to, yes, that which will gladden your heart, that which will make you happy in this season. We are committed to see, oh God, your kingdom manifest in every facet of our life. We are committed to see, oh God, yes, the power of your spirit move in every aspect of our calling and assignment. We declare the name of Jesus that we will not go back. We will not allow the enemy to derail or distract us. No, our hands are set in the plow. Like Nehemiah, we say we are building. We will not come down. We will not come down. We will not be distracted. We will continue, oh God, to push. We will continue to stand. We will continue to engage until we see the full manifestation of your desire. That's our prayer, oh God. This is my prayer. This is my desire for everyone, oh God, joining, connecting with us. This is my desire for this work, for this ministry, that we will not die before our time, that we will not give up, that we will not, yes, be aborted in the name of Jesus, and we will not abort the process in the name of Jesus. We pray, oh God, that we will continue to press in, yes, deeper, 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 deeper. Let the deep call to the deep. Let the deep continue to call to the deep like the noise of many waters. Strengthen my brothers. Strengthen my sisters, oh God. Strengthen your, your church. Strengthen, oh God, our company, oh God. I pray. Empower them. Energize them, oh God. Give us the resolute of Joseph. Give us the determination of David, oh God. Give us the tenacity of Ruth, oh God. Give us the patience, oh God, of Esther. We press in, oh God. Give us, oh God, the, the, the grace, oh God, we see in waiting, oh God. Help us to wait. 
Help us to wait. In the place of waiting, we are changed. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We wait, oh God. We wait in the name of Jesus. We wait, we wait, we wait, we wait until there is a manifestation of your desire and counsel. Hallelujah. We wait. We wait. We bless you, oh God. You are not a God that is sure, that should lie. You are not a son of man that should repent. Your words will never fail. Your words will never change. Your words, you watch over your word to perform. We thank you. We bless you. We praise your name. We glorify you for what your spirit right now, yes, is birthing, is releasing. Thank you for the manifestation. Thank you that we will continue to see. Yes, we will wait. Yes, we will not make the mistake of, 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 of Saul. He said, I waited the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day. Since I did not see you and the people were leaving, the people were going. I decided, no father, may we not, oh God, make the same mistake of Saul. May we wait. May we continue to press in. May we continue to run, father. May we continue to run towards, yes, that, that place, that dimension, that requirement, that understanding of your will for our life. We wait on you. I thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Friends, thank you so very much uh, this morning. We've been tracking the mind of Christ. And I mean, I believe the Lord has really shared some very important uh, key words with us this morning. Maybe this is just a reminder for you. But I tell you, this is a now word that we all need to walk into. We all need to apply into our life. Thank you. Continue to have yourself a wonderful day. Hopefully we'll see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.